0: I'm Tony, the Dungeon Master of the campaign, and with me here are the following players.
1: Hi, I'm Adam. I'm going to be playing Sildon. He is a Way of the Kensei monk, and he's a wood elf.
2: Hi, this is Bethany. I'm playing Saria, who is an Asamar Order of the Immortal mystic.
3: I'm Rachel. I will be playing Kalima, the cleric domain of the grave.
4: Hey, I'm Nick. I'm playing Tor, the dwarven inquisitive rogue. I'm Chris. I will be playing the human wizard, Daryl Mavis.
0: And we would all like to welcome you to Orenthal. Orenthal Redux Episode 1 Best Use of a Natural 20 As we begin the campaign of Orenthal, we find each member of this soon-to-be party being brought together to investigate a series of disappearances. Tor, Saria, Sildan, Daryl, and Kalima are all being brought together in order to learn about this new threat and the greater impact it may have on the people of the city. Tor! You follow Gerbo for several minutes as he leads you through the dark, quiet streets of the Onclep Heights district, eventually arriving at a fairly small, worn-down-looking home. And as he leads you up to it, he goes not towards the front door, but around to the back as he presses against what seems to be a plain wall that sinks inward to reveal a stairway descending beneath You begin to make your way down, following him into another wooden door. He opens into a dimly lit room with several comfortable chairs actually surrounding a small fireplace that is currently lit and a few torches lining the wall. He gestures towards one of the chairs and tells you, it should only be a few moments. The rest of your new potential allies should be here shortly. And once everyone's together, then we can explain everything.
4: How many are we expecting?
0: Four others. We've been looking into this group for a while, and it seems you've all been affected in some way.
4: Tor cautiously takes a seat, but still tries to keep his bearings around the room. In fact, he might even try to do a perception check. Go ahead. Ugh. Thirteen.
0: Okay. Okay. Looking around the room, there are two doors to this room. The one you came through and another one on the opposite side. The room itself is fairly warm, but rather plain other than the chairs that seem to surround the fireplace. All the chairs are facing each other. But other than that, you don't notice anything in particular.
4: Okay. He'll he'll sit quietly unless prompted.
0: Gerbo kind of says, well, I'm going to be in the next room while we wait for the rest of, rest of the party. Just sit tight. It'll only be a moment. And he closes the door that you guys entered from and walks off towards the opposite door, opening it quietly and closing it behind him. It's not long till the door that you came from opens again and you see walking in a large female half-orc wearing studded leather armor, a battle axe strapped to her hip, her dark hair tied tight upon her head, followed closely by an extremely attractive, almost luminous young human woman. Wearing very simple clothes, no armor, you notice somewhat pale skin, about shoulder-length blonde hair, bright blue eyes, about five and a half feet tall, and a scimitar and a short sword strapped to either side of her. Saria, you enter this dimly lit room, a fireplace going, and see a rather small, older dwarf, not much taller than four and a half feet with gray hair head shaved at the sides and back with the hair actually shaped into a bun on top. On him you do see studded leather armor as well as a crossbow hanging from his side and a quiver of bolts. A small goatee on his face and you see he's just kind of scanning the place looking around.
2: I'd like to activate by aura site that gives me advantage on insight checks
0: Alrighty, so you enter the room and lash just gestures towards one of the chairs and says just take a seat here the rest are coming shortly
2: oh you're not staying
0: i'm not invited to the meeting i simply was to bring you here what a shame you see a kind of grin one tusk raises slightly as she just stares down at you till next time i suppose then
2: Of course, pleasure doing business with you.
0: She nods and exits back out the way that she had come.
2: I do not miss her as she
0: goes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can I take a look at my new companion here? You can. It's just myself and the dwarf, right? Currently. What does his expression look like right now? I guess that's a question for Nick.
4: He looks unamused by all of this. Certainly as you're sizing him up, he's probably doing the same.
2: I'd like to see what he looks like he's trying to get out of his obvious efforts to size me up.
0: Okay, you can roll an insight check.
2: A total of 20. All
0: right, so Tor, do you want to hide it? What you're doing here, basically?
4: I suppose that would be in line with one of his personality traits.
0: Yeah. Roll a deception check, then.
4: Uh, 15.
0: Okay, she's able to see right through you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Yes! All right, so I I get a sense that he also is waiting and is not sure what's going on. So, uh, are you a new recruit?
4: Apparently. Uh, I assume the same for you.
2: I honestly don't know. I haven't really agreed to anything yet, besides following a half-orc to a sketchy place, which, in retrospect, may not have been a good idea. But I didn't have anything else going on.
4: Well, that's a reason, I think.
2: (laughs) I was Like, you're, you're not used to this sort of situation?
4: I mean, I've, I've been in some sketchy places, but this all seems a little bigger than anything I've experienced. Why were you brought here? Does it have something to do with mysterious disappearances?
2: Well, I don't know if I myself have mysteriously disappeared at this point from the perspective of the outside world. It's really hard to say, because disappearance is really all in the eye of the beholder, is it not?
4: He's gonna roll insight.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> What are you attempting to discern?
4: It seems like she's talking around whether or not she was brought here to investigate disappearances, and he wants to know, hey, was there some disappearance she's also looking into?
2: Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll roll deception. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be great friends. We're both like really into knowing what people are doing, and we're both liars.
4: <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh, uh, 26. Natural 20
2: plus 7. <laughs> oh,
4: oh, man.
2: Dang. Wow. All right,
0: so crazy. Tor. Best
2: use yous- of a natural 20 ever. <laughs>
0: Usually, Tor, you are just so good at reading people, but as you stare, she just confuses you. You don't. She's giving no signal whatsoever. You can't read her.
4: He'll just kind of raise a brow, not really being able to tell what's going on here, and just kind of hum once. Hum? Yeah, like...
2: mm. He muses. Uh, I'm sorry, by the way. Who are you? I'm Tor. Last name?
4: None at this point.
2: Did you lose it? He'll
4: extend a hand. She'll
2: shake his hand. She's kind of just going to roll with this. Out of character. I did not put that pranking dwarves was one of her (laughs) traits, but I feel like it's growing on her.
4: (laughs) You know, just, just listening to her intro, I got the sense that she might- um, Mess
2: with people? That that Tor might
4: not find her always amusing.
2: <laughs> oh, but you know who will always find her amusing? She will. So, uh, sorry would want to kind of eye his whole equipment and kind of sense for what he can do. Can, do you need to check for that? Or, or is he like holding daggers in his hands? Like, I don't know what-
0: <laughs> He's actually not. You only notice a crossbow strapped to his back right now, and you notice a quiver of bolts, as well as studded leather, right?
4: I believe so. Yes.
2: And uh, for Sari, you would see yeah. she's actually not wearing any armor at all.
4: Do I see a weapon?
2: Yeah, yeah. She She's pretty upfront about carrying a short sword and a scimitar.
4: Okay. Yep. You
0: see them strapped to either side
2: so of her. So are you some sort of a scout?
4: I've been told I'm I'm good at... Um...
2: Finding so, answers yeah, yeah. to so things. So not a scout. Okay. Uh, so what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how perceptive you are. So let I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, huh?
4: He turns to the fire.
0: <laughs> While you guys are talking, you hear the door to the outside creak open. Sounds of footsteps going down the stairway. And as the door opens again, you see first a well-groomed human male slicked back, uh, black hair, really elegant looking studded leather armor, two magical looking daggers strapped to either side of him, as well as dangling from his hip a hand crossbow with a quiver of bolts. And as he enters the room, you see immediately behind him a rather tall, almost six foot wood elf, bronzish skin, very athletic build. Uh, You notice very shaggy, shoulder length, black hair, loose-fitting pants, a sleeveless vest, and some very simple bracers on his wrists, as well as a rather elegant-looking short sword strapped to his side. Sildan, as you enter the room, you see an attractive human woman speaking to the back of a (laughs) uh, dwarf. (laughs) Dwarf.
2: I, I'm not going to keep talking to him if he has his back turned. I'm not insane.
4: Well, I mean, the, the, the way the chairs are facing, I don't imagine his back is turned per se. It's more like it's more like he, he's not meeting her gaze anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Although he will turn around when he hears a door open to, to see who enters.
0: As they walk in, Vral turns to you, Saldana, and says, Please, just sit for a moment as we wait for the rest of your group to arrive and... We'll discuss things once you're all together.
1: How many others are we waiting for?
0: He looks back to the room for a moment. Just two more.
1: All right. And then I'll go walk further into the room. Greetings.
2: Can Saria see Vral?
0: You can see the human male. Yeah.
2: Does he look like he's in charge?
0: Make an insight check.
2: Because I know it's not the dwarf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the plus six. I love you, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, uh, did, you, did you
4: sense my raised eyebrow?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, 23 total for my inside check. 23? Yeah.
1: While she's doing that, can I inside check her? Go ahead. All right.
2: <laughs> Tony's going to be like, oh. No way. Day.
1: Did you roll a natural 20? <laughs> I rolled a natural 20 with a different metal die.
2: Ooh. So this, that's this might be the die you, you...
4: Wow. You're going to run out of 20s.
2: I mean, I'm not doing anything deceptive right now, so I'm not. I'm not gonna roll against. Okay,
0: so I'll go for your roll first, Arya. So looking at him, there's an air of confidence about him that you just you assume that he is at least a figure who has authority.
2: Uh, can I catch his attention?
0: You see, he's kind of just like looking around the room. His eyes never seem to stop on any one place, so you okay. can easily get his focus before you do that sildan you kind of looking at saria and you get the impression that she's here under similar circumstances to you something about these disappearances seems like she was came here for that reason
1: what does she look like kind of body posture kind of getting a read of the type of personality she might have
0: confident okay maybe uh what was your role uh
1: natural 20 so 26. that's what i
0: thought you would guess even a little cocky
2: <laughs> okay no Oh, confident. Never. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm I'm gonna. Sorry, I would try to catch Vrawl's attention. Be like, uh, "Hello there, man who appears to be in charge."
0: He turns to look at you, like, "Yes, Saria."
2: So apparently, you have the pleasure of knowing my name, but I don't know yours. That's right. I'd love to know. Would
0: you be Vrawl? He turns to you. What would make you say that, Tor?
4: Gearbo mentioned that we were meeting someone named Vrawl. It seems logical that that would be you.
0: Yes. I am Vral. (laughs) (laughs) While
1: while this exchange is going on, uh, Soldan would probably just be kind of rolling his eyes a little bit, be like, okay, of course he's going to act like this to the other people.
0: You actually even almost get a sense of like a purr come from him as he says his name.
2: I'll say, hello, Vral." (laughs) Is that how your name should be pronounced at all times?
0: Why not? But we're waiting for the rest of your group. So until then, if you'll excuse me.
2: We don't have anything to do in the meantime?
0: You can talk to each other. I have some cards if you'd like.
2: The dwarf doesn't like me, so...
1: <laughs> the dwarf doesn't well, like a going lot of off people. Swimmingly so far. So
4: at this point, he turns to the the other person who entered with Rall and just says, Hello. Hello.
2: Where are Hi. you from?
4: Very
1: far away.
2: Yeah. That's he's, from, he's from
0: beyond the Nephany.
2: <laughs> oh
1: come from a land from beyond the Rugrum Woods. if any of you have ever heard of that.
2: Have I heard of that, Tony, out of character?
0: Ooh, go ahead and uh, roll an intelligence check, just because you were kind of uh, cooped up for many, many, many years.
2: Not a history check? Yeah,
0: a history check.
4: <sighs> and I'll roll a check, too, to see if I recognize this.
2: Mine was a total of a 13. Mine
4: was probably like a okay. 12, I think.
0: Okay, between the two of you, you do know the Rigorm Woods is a, a massive forested area far to the west of uh,
1: Nabrasil. Uh, if if neither of you ever heard of that, it it's is in uh, the land far of to the west of
2: Nabrasil, I believe.
1: Ah, yes, that was very precise. Uh, <laughs> it's in the land of Essencia, but yeah, I'm not from around here.
2: What brought you here, besides obviously Voral?
1: My parents were traveling artists.
0: While you're all talking, you do see Vral slowly make his way to the opposite door and begin to leave the room.
4: Tor's eyes just kind of follow him as he leaves. Uh, He had figured he would probably go and commiserate with uh, Yerbo or something, so...
1: And then I'll I'll say to him, so... I guess we will speak later about Beryl? Yes.
0: That way we can explain everything when everyone's here.
1: So, Daryl, as you're
0: walking through, Lily is just leading the way. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, Vral is actually kind of good. You got to be careful around Vral and and uh, but Gerbo's great. Gerbo is great and you just really need to follow him. So listen to him. You can trust him. He's fine. He'll tell you whatever you need to know. Um, he's a little quiet sometimes. And oh, and remember, don't talk about the Garrickson. Um, he doesn't like that.
4: Okay. What what does <laughs> Vral look like?
0: Um, he looks human. I think he's human. Gerbo is sketchy on that.
4: Sketchy as in may not be human.
0: Maybe? Maybe? I don't know. I've only met him once, um, and he looked human. Uh, but he's very sneaky, and he's really sturdy. I don't... That's that's all I know.
4: I see. How far yeah. are we from getting to where we're going?
0: Um, Not far now. It should only be just another minute or two. Uh, we're, we're getting into the Encle Heights now. And at this, you do see you're, you're beginning to cross uh, the main road that separates the two districts. And passing into... A slightly less torn down area of the city. Not by much though, but into the Enclub Heights. Okay. Yeah. So, um, oh, hold on. And she looks around for a minute. This way. And then she points down a side road, starting to proceed ahead. She's uh for claiming to be someone so stealthy, she's extremely talkative. The whole way through, she just does not stop. Uh, Occasionally, she talks about a couple of different times she's tried to sneak up on people. And occasionally she gets, you know, is given away. Other times she's she's able to, to get in and get out, able to spy on people. That's what she does. She spies on people. I see. Yeah, and I I help Gerbo, and it's great, and it's a lot of fun, and I get to go to interesting places sometimes. Um, Not as much recently, just because of the city the way it is, so they like to keep us here and just watch for the little problems inside the city, but right here, it's great. Well, what about you? I talk a lot. I know I talk a lot, and I try not to so much, and I do try to let other people talk, um, but that's not always the case, because I usually just, like, not pay attention a lot, but you train as a wizard, and what else do you do?
4: Uh, that takes up most of my time, really. I, I spend a lot of time studying the library, uh, protecting the library from outside threats. Um, did I mention I, I really like the library? Uh
3: huh. <laughs> 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 I just picture <feel> her glazed <laughs> over. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, we're almost there. It, it should only
1: be another minute.
2: Okay. Is All barrel right. a person, or are you looking for a barrel?
1: Beryl was my master.
2: Is that where you got the sword? Yes, in a way. Beryl is dead. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Was it in the war? Yes. A lot of us lost people in the war.
1: Yeah, it was not something I want to speak about right now.
2: I mean, I don't know when you would want to speak about it. It's not the happiest subject. This is true. But your your parents, you didn't lose them.
1: No, they're alive.
2: Oh, that's good news. How about you, Tor?
1: So your name is Tor?
2: His name is Tor. No last name. Or at least he forgot it. Or he lost it? I'm not sure.
4: (laughs) You talk a lot. My family passed away naturally a long time ago. It was just my parents.
2: Question for the DM. Can I tell how old he is? Tor? I don't know how I make a dwarf age check. (laughs)
1: Length of the beard. (laughs) Just cut off his leg and count the rings. It's like rings in a tree. The length (laughs) of the dwarf beard.
0: I'd say that's just a straight intelligence check.
2: Okay. Total of 24, then.
4: He doesn't, okay. like, wear um, concealer or anything?
2: <laughs> you know, those vain dwarves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tor, if I remember correctly, you're about 280?
4: Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that range.
0: Okay. You get a good sense he's in his late 200s.
2: Okay. So he's he's definitely uh, a little bit older than me.
0: Just a little.
2: <laughs> okay. Give or
0: take two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So I suppose your family's been gone for a while, given your... Yeah. I don't want to say advanced H. years. Oh, have you been in Orienthal all that time? Since then?
4: I've been here for a few years.
2: I've been here a couple years myself. I'm surprised our paths haven't crossed.
4: Do you spend a lot of time in the, in the Iron Fist district?
2: I actually get around quite a bit in the city. You know, doing jobs here and there, helping out people who need someone to talk their way through something for them. Problem solving.
0: Sildan, Roll an intelligence check for me
1: real quick. Okay. My best skill.
2: <laughs> Those
1: smart oh, monks. <laughs> 19.
0: Oh. All right, so y- you recognize Tor. You've seen him come and get work from Captain Marsk on occasion.
1: Actually, I think I I think I think recognize her face. You do work for Captain Marsk? Yes, uh, some. Actually, I think she had something to do with me ending up here. Ah, uh, the... Interesting.
2: Captain Huss, so you guys do work for the city.
1: I, I work for the city guard, sort of freelancely.
2: Oh. Very law abiding folks then, huh?
1: In general. As much as any other
2: person. Right. Yes, as any other.
1: While you're
0: all speaking, you hear faintly outside a light feminine voice right before the door opens. And you hear, Yeah, so oh I should probably be quiet now. Okay. And you hear I'll say, footsteps. We can coming hear down you.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I'll kinda of walk over to Tor and kind of like lean down for a second and be like Dude, normal people talk as much as she does? He shakes his head.
2: Do you, can I hear that?
1: I'm not I'm not hiding it.
2: <laughs> You're not trying I'm to not hide it. I'm not
1: hiding it, so.
2: Hey, some of us don't want to be normal people.
0: As the door opens, you see a small female gnome wearing simple stud leather armor, just a plain dagger, and her light brown hair pulled up into a tight bun. Followed closely by a young human male, uh, about six feet tall, wearing some very simple robes. Has light blue eyes, somewhat messy, uh, unkempt light brown hair, and rather pasty skin, as if he doesn't tend to go outside a lot. Daryl, you walk in to see a dwarf, a wood elf, and that strange human woman that hangs (laughs) around at the academy.
4: Sounds like the setup for a bad joke.
2: I am not the punchline.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> In that joke, we're all the punchline.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
4: Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm looking for
0: Vrawl. Oh, you just he missed just left. Oh, the the little gnome pipes. Oh, he's probably just waiting. Um, yeah, he he'll be here once. Um, one, two, three, four. When the last one shows up, she should be here shortly.
1: Evidently, we're get, we're supposed to get to know each other first before we get spoken to. No, you're just supposed to all be here. Well, either way, you're not all here yet.
2: But we're getting we're getting to know each other so well.
1: Yeah, it's going quite yeah. swimmingly.
0: Are you I'm, staying, I'm Lily.
2: little one? Lily. Um,
0: yes, yes, I'll stay. I'm gonna hang around. I'm sure it's okay. I'm Lily. Um, you're Saria.
2: Saria, yes.
0: Yeah, and she points over to Sildan. Sildan,
1: Sildan, Sildan.
0: Okay, and Tor, right? Hi.
1: I'll lean down to Tor again. I retract my previous question. <laughs> <laughs> Still valid.
0: So yeah, I was telling, I was telling Daryl that um, I work for the Garrickson, and um, that's kind of why we got you all here, because um, he thinks you can help. And, well, we should have another member of the Garrickson showing up, Shamar. He'll be here soon. He's okay, bringing wait, wait, wait. The last wait.
2: Interrupting, interrupting. First question, Garrickson?
4: I thought you weren't supposed to tell them about the Garrickson.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> um, okay. Don't say that name. He doesn't like it. Gerbo doesn't like it.
2: What does it mean?
0: Well, it's his name's Gerbo Garrick.
4: It's a bad pun.
2: Oh. Wait, he gave Unfer- me
4: his real first
0: Why not?
2: Did you not give us a real first name, Tor?
0: Unless that's not his real name.
4: I did just okay
1: huh question what yes. is a pun
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the lowest form of humor oh it's it's like a joke
2: only yes, worse joke.
0: no it okay. was it's funny
1: to some people it's funny
2: no, no objectively yeah. it is funny I believe that's true yeah 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 that must I, be it
4: I'd like to make an insight check to see if she's completely serious about this or if she's just <laughs> trying to mess with everyone.
2: <laughs> Me or Lily?
0: <laughs> you.
2: I, oh, go ahead. Two total. Total of 20.
0: <laughs> she seems dead serious. Oh.
2: So wait, who did you say was coming? Shamar?
0: Shamar, yeah. He's part of the Garrickson, and he's bringing um, the last... <laughs> He's part of the group that I am with. There we go. That'll work. Yes.
2: Yeah, that sounds very natural and convincing. Like, puns.
0: Roll a deception check.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A total of 19.
0: Oh, man. I know, right? Okay, good. I'm glad, because I wasn't sure if it was super convincing. (laughs) Um...
2: Yeah. So we're expecting one more person.
0: Kalima, you hear as you're approaching a particular kind of decrepit-looking house just the sound of a light female uh, gnome's voice and you see Shamar kind of put a hand to his face for a moment
3: so I'll kind of like because I'm behind him so I kind of like reach out and tap and be like is uh, that who we're going to meet?
0: Uh, that's that's Lily
3: is that who I'll be working with?
0: no 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 she's just bringing one of the others okay let's make sure she actually closed it and she didn't close the door behind her okay okay <laughs> So you round the corner and you're able to see down a stairway a human male dressed in simple robes and a uh, a female gnome talking to a, th- a couple individuals in a room awesome <laughs> so you begin to proceed downwards everyone else you do see kind of a plain looking human male with short crop brown hair dirty clothing and a symbol of Lethander on his clothing followed closely by an older looking half-elf woman Wearing stud leather armor, Uh, you see a mace at her side, a crossbow on her back, and carrying a rather elegant looking staff. Very plain physical appearance overall. She is a little over five and a half feet tall, thin, rather muscular, with brown eyes, tan skin, and uh, her blonde hair pulled back tight. And just the very essence about her makes her seem almost military, kind of in stance and appearance. Walk into the room.
1: And another one joins us.
2: Ooh, I hope it's a healer.
0: Lily looks and is like, ooh, this is the last one. Okay. She walks up to you, Kalima, at this point and says, hi, I'm Lily.
3: Uh, Pleasure to meet you, Kalima. And she's going to hold out a hand towards her. I imagine Lily's holding out a hand. Yep she just hold out Kalima.
0: You see Sh- Shamar had kind of closed the door behind you as you initially walked in. You see him give Lily a look, a tired look.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tony, I'd like to use an ability. Yes. Uh, I'm going to use read moods. Okay. So as a bonus faction, I can learn one word summary of the emotional states of c- six creatures I can see.
0: <laughs> How fortunate there are six creatures in the room.
2: I wasn't <laughs> counting or anything.
0: Okay. So I assume Um, each
2: person gets to give their one word. Yep. (laughs) A one word
0: (laughs) state of what your character is currently feeling. So we'll start with Sildan,
1: Slightly amused.
2: That's two words. I don't care. It doesn't, we'll say it doesn't translate from your original language, but it should be one word.
0: (laughs) Tor. Exasperated. Mm. Daryl. Inquisitive. And Kalima. Annoyed. Lily looks excited. Shamara looks tired.
3: Okay, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Saria is just kind of eyeing everyone and sort of nodding a bit.
1: (laughs) Do I make note of this? Yeah, you
0: you easily notice this. She's not seeming to hide it.
2: Yeah, she looks a little smug, too. Just a little. Just just a little smug.
0: Shortly after this, you hear the door open on the other side of the room, and Vral and Gerbo uh, walk in. Excellent. You're all here. Well, I suppose we should get started. If you'd all please take a seat.
1: I will
4: take a seat.
2: Yes, I will also no, take, a take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I do that like cheesy thing people do where they spin the chair around backwards? I actually and, pictured like, her doing that lean over the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So that's what she's gonna do. Kind of lean over the back of the chair.
0: Sure, you have a high enough deck, so that's no problem for you.
3: All right. I think Kalima would just kind of glance a side eye at Shamar before, like, taking a seat with just like a sigh and like almost frustrated look.
2: Can I uh, lean over to Kaliba? Yeah. Okay, I'll be like, don't worry, we'll probably all
3: be dead soon. <laughs> Just side-eye at you, like, <laughs> okay, not my new best friend.
0: Rawl clasps his hands together as he looks around the room, looking at each of you in turn, before saying, well, I suppose we should get started then. Now, before we end the episode for today, we thought you might need a little bit of background on the events that have occurred. So here is the history of the Cataclysm. The Cataclysm began suddenly and without warning as far as the humanoid races of the world were concerned. It all began when in the middle of the capital of the Thessun Kingdom, Vunrim, a portal appeared out of nowhere and a flood of ghoulish creatures poured forth from the opening. These ghoulish forces attacked and killed everything in their path, transforming the dead into undead as they went. The dwarves of the Thessun kingdom were no strangers to dealing with ghouls, however, these particular ghouls seemed to be more cunning than any ghoul the dwarves had ever faced before. In the span of one hour, these ghouls had turned a fifth of the population into undead before a new portal opened and whatever ghouls remained in the city ran through, leaving the dwarven soldiers left to deal with their now undead brothers and sisters. During this time, from the mountains of the cragged peaks to the north, dozens of blue dragons of varying sizes flew down to Solana and struck out at a the capital city of the High Elves. For one hour, the dragons flew over and set the city in flames, with the elves struggling to retaliate against this overwhelming force. At the end of this hour, the dragons gathered again and flew back off from whence they came. As this was occurring, red and green dragons flew up from the Qasim desert and wreaked havoc against all the towns south of Orenthal before making strikes against the city itself. Again, for one hour, dragons ravaged the land, this time with the human forces of Orenthal barely holding them back. Again, by the end of this hour, the dragons fled back from where they had come. The Wood Elves of the Nephene were the only ones spared the majority of the destruction that the other races endured. During this hour, black dragons scoured the land of the Nephene, but due to the magic that kept their capital city of Meliamne hidden, the draconic forces simply ravaged the woods themselves in their frustration, eliminating several wood elf outposts. This rampage ended after just one hour as well. For the following months, once a month for one hour, portals appeared not just within a city of the Thessalon Kingdom, but across the realm as these strange intelligent ghouls struck out against all humanoids as they became increasingly reinforced with draconic help. For the first two years of these raids, the varying empires and kingdoms of Nabrasil faced these threats on their own, thinking them the work of the Duragar or drow who had waged war against the surface centuries before. But no such sign of these Underdark entities presented itself. And then, a portal opened within the Thessian Kingdom that did not close. Out of this portal, flowed hundreds of ghoulish creatures, swarming the outlying cities of the Empire, turning more and more of the living dwarves into undead enemies. Chromatic dragons of all types swarmed Solana and the Vremer Empire, specifically laying waste to their outposts and towns. The nephany though attacked, found themselves in the best shape during this conflict as the location of the capital was still shrouded in magic, and they were able to fight while hiding amongst the trees. During this onslaught, dwarves who had come to prayer and focus on divine magics to combat these terrible beasts, eventually held the line against the undead horde and stopped them from proceeding closer to Von Rim. The high elves of Solana learned powerful arcane spells as they studied their draconic enemies and used this magic against them. The Vremur Empire, meanwhile, utilized a combination of both of these magics to varying degrees of success, as this predominantly human empire found portals still forming for one hour within their borders, as well as dealing with the Draconic forces that came from the Qasim Desert. As another year went by, it was the Wood Elves of the Nephni who extended the first bit of aid, sending some of their forces to Orenthal and help in any way that they could. It was then that these two particular rulers realized that they could not face these constant attacks alone, deciding to send whatever aid they had available across the land of Nabrasil. The Wood Elves of the Nephani found themselves to be the most mobile and sent many forces to aid the High Elves of Solana and particularly the Dwarves of the Thessun Kingdom. As the four kingdoms joined together to combat this terrible threat, they found themselves better and better able to hold these forces off and even push them back. For three more years, combat waged on and off as draconic and ghoulish forces continued to pepper the humanoid nations, never really giving any nation a chance to recover or retaliate in any way. It was towards the end of this fifth year that a group of adventurers from the various nations of Nabrusil decided to band together and try and eliminate this threat once and for all. It was during a particularly bloody battle on the edges of the Thessun Kingdom that the dwarf cleric Gerdus Rumneheim first fought beside the likes of Peren a stealthy halfling from the Nephony, Grim Chergoba, a human soldier of the Vremur Empire, Barak Shemov, a tiefling sorcerer who was a hermit prior to the war, and Thoven Arborshade, the eventual hero of the Cataclysm, and high elf wizard of Solana. As this battle ended, Gerdis proposed that the group stay together and figure out a way to eliminate this threat once and for all. For the next five years, as the party joined forces, they traveled beyond where the armies were able to go, climbing high into the cragged peaks and dealing with several blue dragons in their lairs. They searched beyond the Nephni, deep into the Regorum Woods to find what black dragons lay in wait. They attempted to cross the Kasim Desert and find what red and green dragons were there and wipe them out. However, their biggest task had them push through the literal horde of undead that guarded the seemingly permanent portal deep within the cragged peaks, just beyond the edges of the Thessun kingdom, and dived through the portal. Not much is known about what occurred beyond this gate, but the party returned just as the portal closed behind them, though without their friend Grimm. They were deeply scarred by whatever happened beyond the gate, and they simply told the leaders of these nations that this portal went to another plane of existence, a plane known as the Shadowfell, and it was there that they dealt with a terrible leader of the ghoulish forces. They explained Grimfell, providing the party a chance to escape with the news that the true leader of the draconic and ghoulish forces was a singular being known as a Shadow Dragon who had established his lair much farther south within the Qasim Desert than anyone had traveled before. With renewed determination to avenge their fallen ally, the party set out to the lair of the terrible ancient red shadow dragon, known as Zenoth, the Dark Tyrant. It is rumored that Zanoth realized the location of his lair had become known, and decided to send out one last stitch effort to wipe out everything the humanoid nations had built, sending every last dragon and ghoulish force under his command against the nations of Nabrasil. The battles that took place over the next few hours were massive and terrible. And then just as suddenly as these forces appeared, the battle ended, these strange ghouls disappearing across the land, and dragons fleeing in terror, only to eventually be hunted down by the humanoid nations of the world, and made sure that they never rose up against them again. It was over a month before anyone found out what had occurred within the lair of Xenath, as Tho'vin suddenly reappeared in Orenthal, horribly scarred, and still very badly injured, but alive. Thovin never went into detail about what occurred during this terrible confrontation, and tears filled his eyes as he told the leaders of these nations that his friends, his allies, were gone. But with their sacrifice, Zenoth was dead and would never return. Thovin was cared for within Orenthal until he was well enough to travel. However, before heading home to Solana, he went to the Thessun Kingdom and to the Nephene, he went to the homes of his former friends and allies and thanked their families as he owed these allies his life. And in each place, Thoven was met with such great sadness and yet intense pride that each of these nations and each of these families had brought forth a citizen, an individual of such great importance and power that they had given their lives to save everyone. Each of these nations made monuments to these great figures, with the dwarves of the Thessian kingdom even renaming their capital city to Rumnaheim in honor of their cleric Gerdis. A year has passed since the last gasp of breath of Xenath's forces had swarmed the kingdoms of the land of Nabrasil, and the nations of the world had spent their time celebrating the lives that had been saved and rebuilding their empires with the aid of their new and even closer allies. Thank you all for listening in to the History of the Cataclysm. This is where we're going to end the episode for today. I want to thank you all for joining us for our very first episode of the Orenthal Campaign Proper, and want to let you know to please follow us on Twitter, at rulesaswritten, and you can also find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play, and we will see you all next time in Orenthal. Bye!